The next speaker, uh, Dr. Johnny Woodson, is uh, the medical director at Woodson Dermatology in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, interestingly enough, where I work, uh, he is the uh, he has graduated from uh, Martin Luther King Charles Drew Medical Center Department of Dermatology. That's where he did his residency. He is the assistant clinical professor of dermatology at the University of Nevada School of Medicine. Uh, we do everything from uh, specializing in psoriasis, skin of color, uh, and uh, biologic therapy research, 25 years of clinical research, and uh, he instructs. Johnny loves to teach uh, medical students, residents, uh, PA students, and uh, all of us, all of those of us who have the good grace to work around him. I'd like you to... Uh, give a warm welcome to my colleague, uh, my mentor, my friend, uh, Dr. Johnny Woodson. Well, I'm honored to uh, be a speaker today, and I'm very honored and blessed to uh, have a dear friend and brother uh, in arms, uh, your president. Um, John is uh, a wonderful, wonderful guy. We've been together probably about 12, 13 years. Um, and I just remember, I still remember years ago, uh, John running in uh, every opportunity that I, I begged him to come uh, you know, help uh, in his flight suit. So I don't know where he was getting off, what type of mission, jet, uh, wh whatever he was doing, and he was always there uh, for us. And I remember he asked me a question years ago, you know, Johnny, I have this decision. Either I can, uh, you know, I can step out and retire now or, you know, uh, stay in maybe, uh, you know, a few more years. And I said, oh, John, you know, everything's quiet on the home front, you know, just I'd, I'd stay in another, you know, a few years. Next thing I know, I think about a month or two later, John gets some, uh, some uh, deployment uh, papers transferring him. Uh, the three uh, individuals who were with him at Nellis, uh, one was transferred, I think, to Korea, uh, which I guess you couldn't take your family with you. Uh, one was, I think, transferred to Iraq, and uh, John, uh, John was uh, transferred to, uh, I think it was San Antonio. And believe me, I felt pretty bad about my uh, advice, so please no one ask me for advice on uh, dating or anything like that, because I'll get some terrible advice. But uh, I'm, I'm very, very honored. We're going to do, we're going to have some fun. Uh, I've been lucky enough to have been asked to do a couple lectures today. One, the first lecture we're going to talk about are bullous diseases, or dermatoses, which we all see. And it's truly a fascinating uh, realm in dermatology or in medicine in general. And as most people uh, know or have seen me maybe around the country, I love to throw in uh, some unknowns at the end, and I'm not the pimping type of person, but I just want people to yell out what they think they see, and uh, it's, it's pretty fun. Uh, but the first thing we're going to see, first of all, let me see something simple. Okay, uh, first slide. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, non-inherited chronic uh, blistering dermatoses, vesicular or bullous uh, conditions. It can be an autoimmune uh, reaction. Uh, immunofluorescent pattern is very critical in your diagnosis. The antibodies are primarily picked up, uh, the best time is in the earliest lesion, 
and also, in most cases, perilesional areas. Uh, lesional skin, especially the lower extremities, are prone to false negative reactions. Uh, as far as the salt split skin preps or preparations uh, that determine autoantibody uh, site deposition, how it's usually prepared is a one molar solution of sodium chloride, which splits the lamella lucida, and the immune deposits localized either to the roof or to the floor. Um, also, immunoprecipitation, immunoblotting can define molecular targets of these autoantibodies. That's why it's so important to have a very good uh, uh, dermatopathologist uh, at your uh, disposal uh, to work with um, and to have labs that uh, are capable of doing these tests. Now, first, Pemphigus vulgaris, which we probably see quite a bit of. Uh, but do we truly recognize it? Uh, you can have mucosal painful erosions, flaccid bulla, which are slow in growth and are very slow to heal, if heal at all. 60% uh, of these patients have mouth involvement. Uh, you can have also involvement of the groin, the face, the axillary areas, as well as the eyes. You can have the Nikolsky sign, as well as the Asbo Hansen sign, uh, which if anybody uh, knows about that, which is a good uh, exam question, uh, it's basically pressing down on the bulla or vesicle and seeing the fluid dissect uh, through the surrounding skin. Uh, sepsis or fluid and electrolyte imbalance is usually the cause of death in the patient. Uh, your diagnosis, again, the histology should be perilesional skin uh, biopsies. Immunofluorescence is extremely important of the perilesional skin. Uh, serum indirect immunofluorescence, as well as enzyme-linked immunosorbent assay, or ELISA, uh, for anti-desmoglene 1 and 3, looking for the autoantibodies. Men and women are equally affected, uh, seen in most uh, studies, most reports. Usually the first episode is seen uh, when the patient is around 50 to 60 years of age. The antibodies seen to desmoglene 3, um, as well as desmoglene 1 and 3. Uh, when you have 1 and 3 involvement, you usually see mucocutaneous involvement or disease. Uh, immunoglobulin G1, as well as G4, plasminogen activator, is usually involved in the acantholysis or the, des, uh, um, the dissolving between the cells. CD4, which you'll see a, quite a bit of in here, uh, quite a bit of uh, in uh, the future, as well as now, has a lot to do with uh, psoriasis, as well as other conditions, such as pemphigus vulgaris. But basically, the CD4 cell secretes a T-helper type 2-like cytokine profile. And that's important to remember. Uh, Pemphigus vulgaris antigen, which is 130 kilodalton transmembrane desmosomal glycoprotein, is involved as the antigen. Uh, histologically, you've probably seen uh, photographs, uh, slides of suprabasilar acantholysis, as well as intraepidermal blister formation, basal keratinocyte. Um, uh, as well as eosinophils, which you've heard the, uh, the nickname uh, Tombstone Row um, uh, 
picture or scenario which is usually beneath the bulla. You can see on direct immunofluorescence this chicken wire intercellular pattern of IgG uh, and paralesional skin and the treatment for this condition which I've used every single one of these for our patients is pregnisone usually on a weaning dose but some of these patients have to stay on uh, systemic uh, steroids for many many years uh, sometimes as uh, low as 2.5 milligrams a day I've had a patient uh, now who has uh, been on control uh, with pregnisone uh, and uh, azathioprine um, but soon as you start to wean him off, uh, you take the uh, azathioprine off, he starts to flare again, and he's been on for 15 years now. But he's had uh, erosions of the esophagus as well as uh, other painful areas. Um, also, uh, mycophenolate, mofetil, uh, methotrexate, uh, plasmapheresis, as well as intravenous immunoglobulin or IVIG, uh, is used, which uh, is important if you're in an area or certainly um, you have a, a, a lab or a center which does plasmapheresis, which basically helps remove some of the uh, cytokines uh, in the system. And this is our typical uh, pemphigus vulgaris patient. You see the erosions, you see the crusting, um, the uh, chronic infections which can occur. And I stress uh, to everybody that I work with uh, to culture these individuals. Um, this is another patient here, obviously with the flaccid bulla, the erosions uh, and the vesicles and the crusting. What we are seeing more of, and I highly recommend uh, the, the cultures of these patients uh, as well as your other patients uh, with erosions, we are seeing the numbers of MRSA skyrocketing. Uh, in fact, uh, I'll mention later, if someone will not, uh, maybe someone will bring it up later, but as we know in psoriasis, if you have a flare of the guttate type of psoriasis, usually an underlying association is uh, underlying bacterial uh, involvement. Uh, if you, we're starting to see um, that a lot of patients with the plaque type of psoriasis, if they're doing well and all of a sudden they're not feeling too well, they're feeling maybe a little viral a few days and then they flare with plaque type psoriasis, uh, most of the patients, or at least, not most, but at least a third of the patients that we culture have come back MRSA. So it's something to consider. Bullous pemphigoid, you will see a lot of that if you don't already see that. You have the tense subepidermal bulla, usually found in the groin, the trunk, uh, the thighs. You have the subepidermal separation and the dermoepidermal junction, and you will see eosinophils. Uh, antibodies are usually seen uh, attaching or going for the hemidesmosomal antigens, uh, BP230, as well as BP uh, bullous pemphigoid uh, 180. Uh, it's usually seen uh, in uh, the geriatric population. The first episodes are usually seen between 65 and 75 years of age, but children can have involvement of BP. And the one thing to distinguish that you will see with children with BP is facial involvement. Also, something that I usually mention to the residents or uh, my colleagues, uh, any of the students, um, if you do see uh, 
psoriasis uh, in children, uh, one of the uh, common scenarios, more so uh, than adults, is facial involvement uh, also, something to consider. Now, as far as immunoglobulin class, you have the IgG class seen in 70% of your patients. Complement is activated. You have BP antigen 1 and antigen 2, which are keratinocyte synthesized. BP antigen 2 is the primary pathogenic factor, so that is the bad actor. Uh, IgG4 is the subclass which uh, is the predominant type of immunoglobulin, and lamina lucida is uh, where it's localized. T helper lymphocytes with a mixed uh, T helper 1 as well as 2 cytokines are released, and you also see eosinophilia uh, with this condition. What is uh, associated other conditions with this uh, particular condition uh, has been seen diabetes mellitus, rheumatoid arthritis, as well as dermatomyositis, ulcerative colitis, uh, myasthenia gravis, as well as thymomas are seen with this condition. Uh, medications notorious for setting off uh, bullous pemphigoid are penicillamine, furosemide, captopril, as well as penicillin, as other um, antibiotics in the penicillin family, and sulfasalazine. Uh, direct immunofluorescence, as well as indirect immunofluorescence, immunoblot analysis and ELISA are used to determine uh, or distinguish this condition from other conditions. Direct immunofluorescence uh, is more sensitive in this uh, scenario than indirect immunofluorescence. A positive test, you will see the continuous linear or tubular or toothpaste-like pattern in direct immunofluorescence. IgG as well as C3 is best found in the perilesional uh, skin. Epidermolysis bullosa acquisita or EBA have similar findings uh, and you can determine or distinguish between the two with direct immunofluorescence. Type 4 collagen which is seen in the bullous pemphigoid blister base, where the difference with EBA, or epidermobolysis acquisita, you will see type 4 collagen on the roof. That is the distinguishing factor. Treatments, ultrapotent topical corticosteroid use, as well as pregnisone, uh, the tetracycline group of uh, antibiotics with or without niacinamide as well as dapsone, azothioprine, mycophenolate, mofetil, methyltrexate, cyclophosphamide, IVIG, and cyclosporin. Uh, I usually see some pretty resistant cases, and uh, it's interesting, I don't know how many individuals in the room uh, have experience or utilize cyclosporin, but cyclosporin uh, can be a wonderful uh, medication in our arsenal, and it's something that needs to be watched very closely. I started using cyclosporin over 20 years ago, um, and I happened to start using it uh, or learning about it when I was uh, spending uh, time with the uh, transplant unit at Henry Ford Hospital uh, in Detroit, Michigan. And what was fascinating to me was that the transplant surgeons would always call me uh, any time that they were using cyclosporin uh, because their patients uh, were developing these violaceous plaques and papules uh, on the extremities and they wondered what the heck was going on. They just wanted to make sure that that new organ, that heart, that liver, that kidney was doing fine. 
um, and they called me up saying, well, you're in dermatology. And I said, uh, no, uh, I'm an intern going into dermatology. Well, well that's close enough. Let, let us know what's going on. And every single patient we biopsied with those violations, plaques or papules, came back with squamous cell carcinoma. So that is something to look out for when you utilize cyclosporin. Cyclosporin I like to look at as putting the fire out. We utilize, actually, all of us in here in dermatology, we utilize cyclosporin actually in higher quantities, higher dosages than the transplant surgeons. The difference is we utilize it for short periods of time where we hit people hard and wean them off. It puts the fire out again, as I said, and where the transplant surgeons can have their patients on for many, many years. Uh, double filtration plasmapheresis is also used as well as IVIG to remove the pathogenic cytokines, as I had mentioned before. Uh, bullous pemphigoid is a self-limited condition, usually uh, lasting around five to six years, but can be last, it could last longer. 10 to 15 percent uh, relapse, uh, these patients, uh, circulating anti-bullous pemphigoid 180 antibodies, uh, greater age of the patient, higher acute steroid dosing, uh, low serum albumin, as well as a high uh, SED rate, usually um, leads to patients who have a higher um, risk of early death from this condition. Uh, this is our typical bullous pemphigoid patient, where you'll see multiple um, tense uh, vesicles, as well as bulla, as well as erosions, and just think of the differentials when you see this these, uh, these uh, photographs here. Our next condition, uh, pemphigoid gestationis, also known as herpes gestationis. Um, I, I'm usually called by the uh, high-risk uh, OBGYNs. Um, in fact, uh, it was a case uh, a couple years ago um, that I knew that when I saw the name uh, to go into this hospital in this high-risk area that he just took all high-risk and you would see some pretty uh, uh, I would say wild, if not amazing, things. And, uh, you know, usually the complaint is severe pruritus. And these ladies are on bed rest and monitors and dark rooms. And there's this one lady I was called in to see, and she looked uh, maybe a little older, uh, but she was um, 49. She was just shy of her 50th birthday, and she was expecting triplets. Now, what amazed me about this was that uh, when we got to talking about her history, uh, was this was her second set of triplets 16 years later to her set from her second husband. So I, I was more amazed about her history than actually uh, treating the pruritic, uh, pruritic vesicles that she was there. I was mesmerized. But, uh, Bottom line was she had uh, pemphigus gestationis and she was miserable. Um, you usually see it in pregnancy or postpartum, usually in the second trimester, and it can remit spontaneously. You can also have urticarial plaques and papules. Uh, you will see these, can, this, uh, these lesions in the umbilicus or umbilicus area, as well as the extremities. You can have annular as well as polycyclic configuration. Uh, of these tense vesicles and bulla. Subsequent pregnancies, you can also see this condition as well as during the menstrual cycles uh, or the use of some oral uh, contraceptives. 
Uh, one of the uh, rumors for years ago was that there was a higher risk of fetal loss, but it's not been seen uh, with the newer studies that fetal loss has not increased, uh, but you can have uh, prematurity as well as smaller uh, births. 75% of these patients uh, have the PG factor complement fixing IgG uh, antibody on the lamina lucida. Uh, increased frequency of HLA DR3, DR4 alleles, and Graves' disease has also been associated with this condition. Uh, you will see less of this condition in women of color uh, for the reason that uh, a number of individuals, women of color, will have less frequency of HLA, DR3, as well as DR4 alleles, which is highly associated with this condition. You will see subepidermal bulla, again a condition seeing eosinophils, C3 linear pattern, uh, and these are uh, very, very pyritic. Peritic urticarial papules and plaques of pregnancy, or PUP, as well as erythema multiforme, drug eruptions, and scabies, all needs to be in your differential diagnosis. Topical corticosteroids, pregnancy tapered, and peroxidine all needs to be in your arsenal of treatment. When I use uh, Pregnisone, I always contact our OBGYN friends beforehand and every single one has been very comfortable with the use of uh, tapered dose of pregnisone in these uh, very pretty conditions. After delivery, uh, medications or antibiotics in the tetracycline family, such as doxycycline or minocycline, certainly should be considered with nicotinamide, uh, dapsone, uh, methyltrexate, IVIG, and plasmapheresis, again, to remove uh, those inflammatory cytokines, uh, should be considered. Uh, I do not recommend using Dapsone unless you get a G6PD, uh, first and foremost, uh, and certainly that's something that uh, a lot of our colleagues uh, will forget to use. This is a typical patient. I just happened to mention there, uh, there's less of this condition seen in, uh, in females of color, but this is a patient uh, with this condition who has some very pyritic uh, vesicles, tense vesicles, as you see, and you see the umbilicus area involvement uh, with the crusting and the vesicles of involvement. Next is a pretty devastating condition, cicatricial pemphigoid, known as benign mucosal pemphigoid, which is seen in older women, usually two to one female to male involvement. You have vesicles, erosions, as well as ulcerations. Mucous membranes involved, usually 66% uh, conjunctiva involvement uh, in patients, oral mucosa, 90% involvement, and you will have scarring, which is the culprit as far as going into blindness. It is usually bilateral. Uh, blindness can occur where you see fibrous adhesion involvement, uh, symblepharon, uh, corneal opacities. You will have subepidermal blistering, uh, autoantibody target uh, hemidesmosomal protein, BP-180, uh, and the treatment of use is cyclophosphamide, pregnisone, dapsone, and again, IVIG. And this is the typical patient, which you have the cicatricial uh, pemphigoid eye involvement, 
I uh, always uh, get um, our ophthalmologist involved, but ophthalmologist with experience in dealing with uh, this condition. And you will see the adhesions here, usually the erythematous areas uh, there. Dermatitis or pediformis or during disease, which we all see but probably don't recognize most of the time. But it's severely pyritic. You usually have this grouped papulovesicular lesions, usually on the extensor areas, the scalp and the buttocks, especially the lumbosacral area involvement. You have increased HLA-B8, DR3, DQW2 frequency is increased with this condition. This condition is also associated with thyroid disease, as well as small bowel involvement, and as far as malignancies, lymphoma, jejunal mucosal involvement, uh, abnormalities are seen. So when you recognize this condition or get the pathology back stating that this is dermatitis herpetiformis, I would highly recommend a GI consult uh, for this condition. You will see linear IgA, uh, well, what you need to consider in your differential is linear IgA, bullous pemphigoid, erythema multiforme, uh, scabies, contact dermatitis, as well as papular urticaria or insect bites. IgA antibodies are against the smooth muscle cell endomesium or anti-endomesial antibodies is what is seen. Uh, and the uh, autoantigen uh, that we will see uh, attachment to in most cases is this transglutaminase major autoantigen. Uh, as far as this condition goes, males and females are uh, equal involvement as far as the condition. Usually the first episode is seen between the ages of 20 to 40 years of age. And as far as histology goes, dermal papilla tips are involved with neutrophilic microabscesses, subepidermal split uh, is also seen. IgA, C3, granular pattern seen in the direct immunofluorescence. Treatment of use is dapsone, sulfapyridine, gluten-free diet, which is uh, incredibly hard to, to stick with, but I do have a number of patients who have been diligent and been on a gluten-free or mostly gluten-free uh, uh, diet uh, from anywhere from 8 to 12 years, uh, the longest 12 years, which amazes me now. I'll, I'll walk into the little, uh, I love these little stores, uh, the Fresh and Easy stores, and I'll walk in and another store, uh, Whole Foods, which happens to be, I think, the most expensive store in the world, uh, which is still smells good and looks good, but uh, they have the gluten-free sections. Uh, which uh, is, is pretty amazing to see that how they've broken this down. As far as uh, antibiotics, tetracycline family is utilized. And this is what we truly see in most cases uh, of, the, uh, of this condition. You will see small vesicles, crusting lesions uh, on the trunk, as well as the extensor areas and very pyritic. And this is what we see or our colleagues see in uh, the GI realm you will see uh, the microabscesses, which um, are seen here, uh, here, um, and also the uh, abnormalities seen in the jejunal area. And this is something where uh, definitely needs to be uh, GI involvement and biopsies are done where you can also uh, find lymphoma in this area. 
Linear IgA disease is an acquired autoimmune blistering disorder where you see vesicles and bulla, which are usually self-limited. Uh, mucous membrane involvement, about 50% of the cases. Oral uh, as well as conjunctiva uh, involvement is seen. IgA is usually against the 97 kilodalton antigen. Uh, medications which are seen uh, to uh, set this medication off, I mean this, uh, this condition off, is usually vancomycin, uh, lithium. Uh, we have a, I have several, uh, at least that I know of, documented and um, uh, bipolar uh, patients with this condition, and um, I've had to definitely have consults with their psychiatrists because every time they're put on uh, lithium, they will break out with this very pretty condition. Amiodarone, uh, in, uh, certain cardiovascular condition, uh, um, medications are used, can, see, can cause a flare, as well as captopril, penicillin, furosemide, and phenytoin can also uh, be seen. Again, internal malignancy, such as lymphoma, uh, or infections, dermatomyositis, rheumatoid arthritis, uh, multiple sclerosis, has also been associated uh, with this condition. Papillary, dermal microabscess, which uh, you saw earlier, not only neutrophils, but eosinophils can be seen, uh, as well as the IgA linear pattern in direct immunofluorescence. Corticosteroids, again, dapsone, tetracycline uh, classification of antibiotics, mycophenolate, mofetil, and IVIG are used for treatment of this condition. And this is what we see in the pediatric uh, area, certainly in the consults, uh, the pediatric cases uh, that we get. We usually see these serpiginous uh, plaques, erosions, uh, as well as the adults. On the right-hand side, you will see these uh, tense vesicles uh, and erosions here uh, seen on the extremity. Uh, this is the, the uh, area. I like to just uh, put up the uh, photos and just have fun with the audience, and uh, if you see something that you think you recognize, that you know, please feel free to yell it out. We're all among friends here. So this is how we do it. This is how my chairman did it 25 years ago. So, <laughs> But anyway, first one. Anybody know what this is? The location, obviously, the genital area of a male. What did I hear? It is painful, that's very good, yes. I heard syphilis, which is good to have in your differential. I heard shanker, did I hear? What else did I hear? That's good for your differential. Scabies at a point of erosion, something to consider. Bowens. Very good to hear in the differential. Did I hear herpetic? That would be very good. Boy, we have a nice, nice long differential diagnosis here. What happens if I say it happens in the same area every single time this person takes the same medication? This is fixed drug eruption. This is one of the patients that had the same lesion in the same spot every time you took the same medication. But it was all great, and you need to consider all of that in your differential. Uh, the medication was uh, an antibiotic. Um, it was, um, actually this one was Tisipro. 
Does anybody know what this is? Tense bulla. And you see some erosion. And you see some crusting. Look at the color. Excellent. I just heard bullis impetigo. Does anybody know what this is? I heard histiocytosis, which should be in your differential. You see erosions, at least a large erosion on the upper abdominal area, erythema. That would be good to hear. I mean, I just heard that. Uh, there are some little vesicles. Those aren't pustules, but vesicles. It's a little golden and crusty around, a little golden around the erosion. What did I hear? That would be good. Staph scalded skin, skin syndrome, which would be very good in your differential. I just wanted to show the differences between an adult and a child. It was already said a little earlier. Bullis impetigo. You see scaling, some vesicles in the skin folds of someone who has had a few pounds extra. What would be your differential? Psoriasis would be very good to be in your differential. Tinea, definitely. Everybody needs to do a culture, not only fungal, but also bacterial. As I mentioned earlier, we're seeing quite a bit of uh, MRSA out there. Hmm? Bullis pemphigoid would be in the differential. But bullis pemphigoid, you would see, and you don't, like you said, you mentioned uh, bullis pemphigoid. It doesn't have to be uh, tense vesicles or bulla in all cases. It could be urticarial. Uh, papules and plaques also involved in the rarer cases. And this is what we see, the, uh, the chicken wire, um, basically description as we saw earlier, and the splitting uh, in the epidermis, lamina lucida. And I had mentioned earlier about the chicken wire earlier, but you need to consider pemphigus. This is pemphigus foliaceus, but you can also see a very similar picture in pemphigus, uh, the other type of uh, pemphigus conditions. Does anybody know what this is? I would see this all the time in Michigan, um, and I, would, uh, I grew up in Michigan, and there was uh, nothing grew eight months of the year uh, because of the freezing cold, but when it did grow and you did walk through these areas, uh, you would not feel well uh, or very miserable over the next a uh, few days to a week. Does anybody know what this is? Hmm? Sounds like everybody knows it, and the, the problem was, because everybody knows it, I couldn't hear it because it all <laughs> blended in together. But uh, I would definitely uh, do a culture there because of the golden crustiness and see if there's some bacterial involvement. If you look close enough here in the uh, underlying uh, blister formation, you will see eosinophils or eosinophilia uh, in the blood. So this is contact dermatitis, and this was from uh, poison oak, someone walking through a field. Does anybody know what this is?
This is a tense bulla, obviously on the lower extremity around the ankle area. Hmm? Uh, this is the largest one. They had some other vesicles also. On medications, that would be, it would be good to uh, put in your differential um, uh, a reaction to medication. Uh, I can tell you this, this, there is an underlying systemic condition that we all see in many of our patients. What I hear? What I hear back there? Excellent. This is what we usually see, bullous dermatosis of diabetes. So it's very important to also consider your patients with diabetes, and as you saw, the lower extremity uh, foot area of involvement, foot care is so, so important, but this is what you can see with your diabetic patients. This is something that we see usually in the axillary areas or the intertriginous areas, um, which a lot of times we miss it, um, and it's really um, picked up on uh, biopsy, uh, on, on histology, but um, it's something that uh, definitely needs to be cultured. It can be pruritic, irritating. You will see a, um, uh, you will uh, definitely see uh, positive cultures in a lot of these, and um, uh, it's something to consider uh, certainly when you see this in the uh, intertriginous areas. Anybody know what this is? Excellent. Haley Haley, also known as benign familial pemphigus. Does anybody know what this is? Or can you, uh, do you know the location, i say on the left-hand side? That's the neck, shoulder area on the patient on the left-hand side. The erosions that occur, simple little trauma. It's a, patho uh, a pathogy condition. And the picture on the right is actually an extremity. What's left of a hand? What did I hear? Very, uh, close. Uh, epidermolysis bullosa, recessive type. And there's a, a wonderful uh, clinic that uh, will do your um, direct immunofluorescence as well as uh, testing for you, uh, located up at the University of Washington. Does anybody know what this is? Peritic, you need to get control of this. Certainly there can be a higher mortality rate. If not, you see tense vesicles. Uh, again, you see the annular, semi-annular, serpiginous bordered plaques on this uh, child of color. I heard linear IgA, which would be great for your differential. Excuse me? Uh, very good to be in your differential. Mastocytosis would be good to have definitely in your differential, which you would see on biopsy mast cells. This was set off or started. The patient was not feeling well, had a low-grade temperature had a chest x-ray, and was found to have pneumonia, erythema multiforme major, it was mycoplasma. 
Uh, usually you look for, obviously, herpetic uh, virus as well as mycoplasma. Uh, so there are a number of things as far as medications that can also set this off. But uh, usually the patient uh, or parent uh, says that the patient was not feeling well and certainly started developing some upper respiratory symptoms. Does anybody know what this is? Very good. These are the targetoid lesions, which you will not see in most cases, well, in, in uh, a few cases, uh, but these are the typical targetoid lesions, which you will see in erythema multiforme minor. Does anybody know what this is? I think I just heard it. This patient is expecting. You see the vesicles, tense vesicles outlining the plaques. And I heard it earlier in the audience. Very, very good. It is herpes gestationis. And I think we're almost done. Um, this patient is interesting. It's a patient, um, a patient of color. Uh, this patient uh, had some tense vesicles develop. Uh, just about uh, every time she went outside into the intense sun between the hours of 10 and 2, and she developed these vesicles. You're good. Bullous lupus erythematosus. Now, the dorsal hand of this gentleman, what I hear? Geez, you won't even let me get out the, uh, <laughs> excellent, I was going to say increased uh, uh, hair, uh, had a um, drinking uh, issue, and uh, the, um, this patient uh, had uh, PCT, and I was going to also mention the uh, fluorescence of the urine. This was an interesting patient, which we see, and we're usually referred these patients by our colleagues. I don't want to give too much away, but you can see the shiny vesicular bullous lesions, just about total body involvement. There was something going on with the white blood cells. And we're usually referred these patients by our colleagues in Hemonc. Very good, very good. Um, mycosis fungoides. So I can't stress enough about a biopsy, but when I said that this, uh, this case or conditions are usually referred to us, it's because of ultraviolet light treatment, uh, as well as other types of treatment which are used, but usually the uh, HEMOC people will refer this to us. And I think this is our last photograph, but I put it there for a reason. Zoster. I put that there for a reason, for the simple reason that there were over a million new cases last year reported, and only 2% of the individuals that had Zoster were offered the vaccine. So we're woefully inadequate uh, in the field of medicine uh, of advising our patients to get the vaccine. The FDA uh, this past year has uh, uh, have asked us uh, to basically 
have the patient receive the vaccine or get the vaccine even after that they've had the condition. And now uh, it's either been lowered by the FDA uh, or is about to be lowered by the FDA, the age range, um, and uh, down to 50 as far as being offered the vaccination. So on that note, I'm going to end and thank you very, very much for your attention. I will look forward to seeing you this afternoon.